Hey, this is Will Sparks. I'm a dance music producer and DJ from Melbourne and I'm here on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast talking to Danny Kennedy about all things uh, life, fitness, music and there's a lot of good lessons in this episode so I'm looking forward to you hearing it. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Will, what's up, brother? Thanks for coming in. First guest in this new studio. Um, so we obviously always just save that for the, the most special guest. I so was going to say, obviously, no. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for the proy shake too. Just absolutely smash that. So my guts is feeling real good. Mate, I'm so privilege to be here especially being the first one in your new studio that you're using it's epic like i would love to be a podcaster as well yes yeah. as you know i can talk the tits off a donkey as well <laughs> but uh you started I, haven't you you've, you've recorded yeah i have yeah and we don't have to put this in here but you've obviously recorded yeah, a couple or at least one um recently just one on my own mm. and i just kept it rolling and rolling and it was basically a an intro to me my life my mindset how it's gone, mm-hmm. where it's going, just my whole outlook on the whole perspective of our industry and I want the public to have a better insight to it because I feel like it's very, I don't know, everyone's a lot very closed in my industry. Perception's very different yeah. as well I think from the outside. I was chatting with Danny on the way here and obviously we've been talking about about it a lot lately. Um, you know, From the outside in it looks fun as fuck, right? Fucking play at shows in front of big crowds, awesome fucking vibes, travel the world. But, you know, and we'll touch on this today as well, but I think it'd be really cool to get some insight through your podcast. I reckon even just with your connections and the people you know and um, from artists that people probably don't hear as much from on a personal level in comparison to what they see. For sure. On the surface, it'd be awesome to get that insight. Yeah, man, because we're all humans and a lot of musicians, artists, they put on this persona like... They're Mr. Cool, there's nothing wrong, they're living the dream. Mm. But all of them are grinders and they're and all of them have emotions, I guess. I've met a few that don't, and yeah. they're just living in this just world of yes, you know? Yeah. Uh around their team and everything is just so easy for them. But at the same time, they're still musicians and some people are just born to do it. I think I was born to make the music I make, but in terms of not being home, mm-hmm. that's where I struggle because yeah. I've, and I've always struggled with that, but I'm trying and still trying now to change that mindset and learn how to love mm. being away and experiencing things. I put a lot of pressure on myself uh, to be the best and be my best uh, but unfortunately, I've put that out there that I need to be home to be happy. You put a circumstance on your own happiness. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, what's that going to result to? Unhappiness. Well, whenever you're not in that circumstance, it's it's like you've you literally, you've created this story and now you're believing the story of like, unless I'm in this location or unless yeah. I'm in this environment, that I can't be happy. So no, even if there's content. stuff happening around you that should bring happiness or yeah. whatever in any other location, it's like you've already told yourself that you're not going to be. Exactly. And a lot of that is to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I have to start start fresh all the time. It's like everywhere I go, I'm the new kid at school and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm here. Let's Let's do something. And then you can't keep going with it because mm-hmm. I leave the next day or – yeah, you know, it's like I have to plant these seeds, and then they just get lost. Yeah, and I'm just all, and I feel like I'm always lost traveling around, and it, the exhaustion as well. And I spent three months this year in Europe, as I do every year, mm-hmm. and I get an Airbnb. And what I do during the week is, <laughs> over the last ten years, has been pretty. I don't want to say the D word, but it's just me in a random country mm-hmm. that I'm foreign to waiting for the next weekend waiting for the next gig yeah we're we gonna get on a flight again that's when i feel a stimulus because mm-hmm. i'm or that's why i'm always working out or being on top of my nutrition and wellness because i'm got so much time on my hands when i'm not making music i can make music for an hour a day and i'll still make a whole song it's that yeah. easy for me now i've got all my templates my structures i'm really quick mm-hmm. 
And all that other dead time I have, what do I do? I, I read a lot, listen to a lot, fitness and lifestyle podcasts. Yeah, I've heard it's fucking elite actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have all this dead time on my own. So I'm always training and searching for a purpose. Mm, I think that's what um, and obviously people who are listening or watching at the moment could relate in whatever that looks like for them as well. And the way that I see it, and I've been guilty of this for fucking years as well, and it's something that I just have awareness on now, is it's like you're using something or someone or somewhere to fill the void that you feel like you need to cover up with. And a lot of the time it's purely because we are just so uncomfortable being by ourselves or with our own thoughts or with the insecurities or with the the problems that we perceive we have so that we fill it with whatever we can. Like I said, it could be going out and getting pissed on the weekend. It could be overtraining, which you see a lot of people get into the habit of. So if someone goes from an unhealthy relationship of whatever it is, might be a, a human relationship, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs or whatever, and then all of a sudden they're, they find fitness, but then they end up doing the same fucking thing with fitness as well where it's like you're over-fucking-training, you're under-eating, everything is obsessive around that. And a lot of the time it's just because you – don't want to sit with your fucking self. Yeah. And do you feel like – actually, before we keep going, I just want to uh, – fuck it, we'll keep going. Keep going. Um, do you feel like you were aware of any of like insecurities or or like what was missing for you before you kind of blew up, I guess you could say, in the music industry? Because, I mean, from quite a young age you were straight into, you know, the spotlight and travelling and playing and stuff. So – is it only recently that you feel like you've even become aware to it or have you known for some time that there's there's parts of you that you have been kind of filling that void with Band-Aids? My insecurities? Mm. Definitely. Mm. Uh, ever since I was a young kid, I remember, especially my appearance at the start because I was a very pale kid and I used to get teased a bit. Yeah. But I didn't take the teasing. I gave it back. Mm-hmm. I didn't get bullied. I let them know, you know, I just stood up for myself. So it's not like I'm uh, traumatised from bullying. I'm more traumatised from being known to what people perceived me as. Yeah. And therefore I've always tried to chase away from that. And I don't know, I've had a few failed relationships and a lot of it came came down to like, yeah, just that attraction. Mm Mm-hmm. For me and yeah. that's where I was like but I, I don't feel like I'm an unattractive person. I've gotten over that now and my main insecurity would probably, yeah, it would probably just be appearance and that's why I've trained so much to make myself this bodybuilder, you know. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's an unhealthy thing but I'm very obsessive when it comes to anything. I've always done 100% at anything I do no matter what and I become obsessed and even if that, if that's – like even smoking or something, like mm-hmm. which I've quit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a while ago. But, yeah, that's probably my main insecurity um, and I've fixed it, I think. I, I'm at a point now. I've hit 30, got the new hair transplant. Yeah, <laughs> which looks fucking grass, by the way. It's getting there. It's only two weeks in. <laughs> Suits you. Yeah, thanks. So that was my next insecurity really. So uh, unfortunately it came down to these funny little appearance things that nobody would even look at I've Mm -hmm. realized yeah and I was like what you were saying before I was very um hard at staying alone Mm. without having something to distract me distract you yeah it's funny as well that you you mentioned this then um about like the appearance thing or whatever someone's insecurity or anxiety is I think a lot of people are aware of this but the craziest thing is that in the end of the day, once you face that vulnerability or that insecurity like head on, you actually come to realise that you've created all this stress and anxiety for yourself yeah. for no fucking reason. Yeah. So, so if it's an appearance thing, it's like I'm so fixated on my hair or my fucking nose or my how fucking skinny I am or whatever it is but then no one actually takes any notice of that whatsoever. So you can create like I remember like when I was a, a kid uh, – like I was like super anxious and very insecure about everything. And then when, when I look back on it now, I can almost like say with 100% confidence that I created all of that stress and anxiety for myself yeah. when the thoughts or what I was thinking other people's perception was just wasn't the case. Yeah. So Isn't in reality, I've, I've done that to myself. Yeah. 
It's crazy. And I've yeah. just realized that recently, like pretty much, I don't know, I, I would say in the last year I've overcome all those things mm-hmm. and I feel very confident now, especially in my appearance and because I realized it was all a perception I, I created in my head that I thought people were saying. It's funny, you know how people like, you, you see people like photos of themselves where they don't look like themselves. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. They'll be like, I like this photo of myself and I'm like, it doesn't look like you. <laughs> yeah. And it's them just not liking the way they actually look and it's funny because I would like a photo that actually looked like them instead of like yes, exactly. not like them. Yeah. So it is all perception and the mind plays tricks on us and that's unfortunately we're our biggest critic. Do you reckon it was difficult to actually have the awareness around the insecurity or around the fact that you know, maybe you were feeling certain voids with just distracting yourself because of the fact it felt so fucking good when you were performing? Because I think obviously not from experience but what I tend to see or hear a lot is that people that are in like the spotlight or that get successful with sport or performing or whatever it is, it's almost like they – it's almost like a false perception of like what they think about themselves because when they go and perform it's like you've got – a packed out festival or a club or or wherever you are of people just so excited to see you perform and then it, it kind of gives you this boost of like oh maybe everything maybe i do feel confident about myself blah 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 when you're in front of that but then when all of a sudden it's the week between performing and you're in another country and you're sitting in your hotel room or your airbnb then these thoughts start coming back so is that has that been difficult to balance because you've on one hand you've got people all around the world who absolutely fucking love you and, and that you've brought so much happiness and joy to. But then there's days where you don't even feel like you like yourself or like you like your own circumstances or whatever. Yeah. You feel like a loser sometimes. And I'm like, I do play these big shows and I've got thousands of people in front of me and so many people around the world loving the music and the gig, the performance. And when I'm up there, I'm just an alter ego. It's, it's like anything that I went through that day or that week or anything in my life going on and I get up on stage, I do not think about anything else but what I'm doing in that moment. It's mm. the most present thing and the euphoria from playing, say, a new song that you've never played and you see a reaction to it, bro, no drug, nothing will ever come. Like I'm getting like short of breath thinking about it because it's such a rush and, uh, and with everything, what goes up must come down. So... Mm-hmm. It is like a come down, especially yeah. after you play. And then usually at a festival, there's not much mingling. There's just, um, you know, crew, yep. other DJs, their teams, black cars everywhere. Yeah. Get in the car, <laughs> sweet, all right. Sweating bullets and we're going on another hour and a half drive to get back to the hotel to then just go to bed. Yeah. To wake up the next day and check into another flight, to fly all day to get to the next place, to eat dinner to maybe work out if we can to then go to a club at 2 in the morning, then go to bed at 4, 4.30 if I'm lucky and then wake up again at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. to get the next flight and do it all over again. Like when do I – the only time I ever have to, time to myself is those little moments during the week but i got no one around me, it's just me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, gym, get all my meals done taking as much knowledge as possible, sleep, wake up. like Just constantly trying to fill it with yeah, something. You feel it with like, yeah, talking to friends um, or family. But I think the best time I had was when I was with my partner mm-hmm. and we went around the world and saw everything together. She'd never seen anything and that was they were the greatest times I think because it gave me so much purpose showing her the places I've been uh, introducing her to all these promoters and event runners that I've known for so long. Uh, that was the best. We really had a great time just exploring. And now when it's just on my own, I'm like, maybe I should keep exploring on my own. Yeah. But then I compensate for my fitness and wellness because I want to be in a place where I can just go to the gym. I don't have to travel extensive amount of time um to get to these different places and then i have to find out where i am it's like when i'm on tour Mm -hmm. i'm doing shows so yeah hope that made sense what do you think um well i think something that i want to 
chat about in particular, obviously this, you and I have been talking about this um, extensively over the, you know, in particular the last, the last month or whatever it's been. Um, and I've taken like so much joy from it because this is like an ex- on a different level, obviously, but experience that I've like had within myself and now getting to be able to share that like with someone who I'm such good friends with and see how much of a difference it's made to, I guess, your level of awareness or consciousness lately has been fucking awesome. Yeah. But I'd love to hear like from your perspective over this past month, which, you know, um, I'm sure you don't mind me saying it's been quite difficult for you in, in, in many different respects. What do you feel like is some of the things that have changed most for you and and why? Wow. Well, I know you can't stand compliments but you've pretty much changed my life over the last month and a half because it has been really tough for me. Uh, I've been going through a lot of pivotal moments in my life which one way or the other it's going to really change my life forever and I was in a very dark frame of mind. I had really bad negative thoughts and I would feast on them. Mm. I would it's like my body or my brain would get like a serotonin hit from thinking about bad shit. Mm-hmm. And I would feel sorry for myself or I'd be like, oh it's always me or, you know, and you got me onto well not only talking to me every day and going through structures and mindset um, you know ways to overcome different mindsets but then you got me onto Joe Dispenza right and I did his course for a week straight and he pretty much showed me that the more you practice not only meditation visualizing uh, and I visualized my whole life anyway so I should already know this but it was so innocent back then I was 16 I was pretending I was playing in front of a crowd but believing it and feeling it Mm-hmm. Not just visualizing, it's an actual feeling. Yep. And if you feel that, then you will create the gene and it will eventually gravitate to being an actual reality. Yeah, well, fires together, wires together. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's his saying. And uh, man, the last month and a half, I have done all of that. I cut off those terrible thoughts the minute I start thinking about them. And the more I'd cut them off, the less they would come. And then shit started happening, man. Yeah. I started getting miracles happening. I've had signs thrown at me for ages, guardian angels, I believe in it. And I kept ignoring the signs. And finally I've started taking the signs. And you ask the universe to show you something and it almost happens instantly. It's Mm. ridiculous. It blows my mind. And thanks to you showing me this way, I've been able to break that constant run of crap that I've been building up for so long and just copping on the chin because I was addicted to feeling like shit. And there's, there's an actual... You get a cycle. dopamine response to yeah. that and that's what a lot of people have in their day-to-day. Like you think of someone who spends a lot of their time in say like a victim mentality, right? Yeah. You speak to someone who, oh, everything always happens to me. Like yeah. everything's so much easier for someone else or I'm sure this shit's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then that anger or frustration or like their, you know, that sadness feeling becomes the addiction because you get somewhat of a dopamine response when it, when it happens Even and you get higher. so addicted to it and you get so, become so normal that it feels foreign to actually feel good. So that's uncomfortable when you actually do start to feel good. So then you're so much more likely to go back to what's comfortable even if the outcome is shit. Yeah. You know, because it, it's normal and it's like safe to an extent because it's expected and it's familiar. Yeah. It reminds you that, oh, you're back to who you are. Yes. Which is such bullshit. Like I have been living this, oh, it's just a, been a snowball of, even though good stuff's happened, it's like I haven't been grateful or I've just kept waiting for the next bad thing to happen because that's how we all live. Well, not all of us but most of us I think. Anyway, ever since I've been putting out those positive, um, what are the, what's it called? Frequencies? Intentions and frequencies, yeah. Intentions. Yeah, great stuff has happened. Like I just can't believe how real it is. And if you're at home right now and you're like, yeah, I think negatively all the time or people tell me I'm negative and I'm addicted to even thinking about like, your death, shit like that. I used to think about that and be like, yeah, yeah. 
like even that is just the worst thing you can think about. And you know the word being present has been thrown out around so hard but I actually think I know what presence is now because I'm not looking forward to the next thing. I'm not looking for tomorrow to be better. Mm-hmm. I know I'll be better tomorrow because I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be anything special than I am now in a month. Like what, me finishing that tour in America in November, I'm going to be all good then. No, it's just going to keep going. So I may as well just enjoy now mm-hmm. and just live now because that's what it always is, right? There is no other time other than now. the present, than now. Exactly. Yeah. And I've worked that out and I was always waiting for the tour to end so I can go home and then I'll be waiting to get away again so I can feel that euphoria of being on stage again. So it's just like a constant merry-go-round. Yeah, and you said before about the signs and how like you, when you when you ask for something or when you set an intention, almost all the time there will be a sign. But the mistake that so many people make, and I did this for so long as well, is that you, again, if it's a, if it's an unfamiliar or it's an unknown, you literally go out of your way to ignore the sign because it's not what you want to see or yeah, what you want to hear, yeah. right? And that comes back to the control thing as well. It's like I've got this idea of how things should go for me or in whatever situation or I've got this idea of how this person should be. And when it's not what I thought it should be, then I'm going to continue to force in any way that I can to try and make it the way that I want to be instead of taking the sign that's right in front of me because that's an uncomfortable thing because it's not what I wanted or what I expected. The signs are there, take them. Like I did the exact same thing. And when you try and force anything, I've realised it's harder to attain. The minute I just went, you know what, just going to let it happen. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Shit just started happening, all the things I wanted. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always have to be in the way that you expected it to be. No, it was always the complete opposite to how I expected it. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy how the, the alignment, it's no coincidence, it's a synchronicity. I don't say coincidence anymore. Yeah. And then I start seeing numbers and I ask the universe for signs and they happen like mm-hmm. You know, I've done a lot of therapy and um, I've even seen some psychics mm-hmm. and that's been really eye-opening and I know it's not for everyone but I think seeing you has been the best thing because it's created this better way of living and it's given me solutions. Instead of being told, you know, other things like you're in a child or something, I get that mm-hmm. and we all have traumas from our childhood and they can really affect the way we are as adults but are you being present if you're thinking about that i don't know that's are good, you? yeah that's a good good way to think of it you're not you're living in the past the past is yeah. done look for the future imagine mm. the future believe it mm. once you believe it man i sometimes meditate and i'll sit there and i'll start pissing myself because i'm so <laughs> happy with what i'm experiencing in my brain yeah i used to do that when i was a kid uh, pretending I was on stage in front of thousands of people. I'd sit there just like, how fucking good is this? And it's the same feeling. And there's two things from that. The first one you said about, you know, when you're thinking in the past, you can't change that. It's out of your control and there's no way of changing that, right? So there's no point thinking in that psychological time. The future, as you said, that's something that you can focus on. But another good point to make around that is that when you are thinking about the future, the most important thing is that you live and feel that future now because again you have to come back to the present right because a lot of people create a lot of stress and anxiety around the future because again it's just a story that they've told themselves and you and i have been working on this with the meditations and with the intention setting and stuff around feeling the way the like the the ultimate version of you or the ultimate outcome that you want if you can feel that that's those sensations now, then you're already experiencing it. And all of a sudden you don't need anything because you already have it. Yeah. You're not searching for anything because you've got it. And one of the the coolest uh, audio messages you sent me over the last few weeks, remember I showed Danielle straight away, it was so fucking cool. It was like only the second day, I think, of you starting the Joe Dispenza stuff. And you yeah. sent me this audio message where you were literally like, almost like laughing while you were telling me, you're just like, mate, Two or three times a day, my my favorite part of the day now is just being at home by myself in my meditation. He's yeah. like, and you were like the feeling of like bliss and abundance that I'm feeling. And the best part about that is that it wasn't because of anything, it wasn't because of anyone or anywhere. 
It was you sitting by yourself and creating that, those feelings and that future that you wanted now with, with nothing but yourself. And when you have that, all of a sudden now, and obviously there's other variables that come into play and, and everything when you are traveling and stuff, but in reality, it's like if you can create those emotions and that feeling by nothing but yourself and it doesn't matter where you are in the world or what yeah, fucking time yeah, yeah, it is yeah. or what's going on in your life. It's like if I can sit down and close my eyes, have intention to what I'm trying to create in my future and feel that now, I don't need anything or anyone all of a sudden. And you're not searching for anything. Crack the code, dude. Fucking earth. Fully cracked the code because that was my biggest issue. All the dead time on the road, you know, sitting on a plane, in the car, waiting to check in, hotels, all the rest of it. I am now so excited to just sit there and go into this imaginary land of of everything I desire mm-hmm. with no external bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's all just there. And I get to experience the same feelings as if it was happening. Yeah. Like and like I like I said to you the other day when I sent you that message, I spent like 9 days straight on my own without doing anything, going to the gym, nothing because I was recovering from my surgery. I don't think I would have survived if I didn't get go through these lessons. And I was doing three meditations a day, sometimes for an hour at a time, just sitting there. And it's like a movie in my brain. Yeah. And I get <laughs> so keen for it. And when I come out of it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, how fucking good. It's amazing. Like, And even if... I did have some curveballs thrown at me. Mm-hmm. And don't you worry, I still have the dopamine hits coming through my brain like of bad shit and I quickly shut it off. And the more I practice that, the less they come. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, each time I do it, it just gets better and better. One of the the coolest things I think about our conversations over the last month in particular, I think it was literally one of our first times we sat down when you came back to Melbourne and we just started tapping into all this stuff. And it was almost like the realization for you, which you already actually understood in the positive aspect, but you didn't understand the negative aspect of yeah. like, I have created my reality through thought. Yeah. And I know it sounds fucking stupid when I say that, but the examples you were talking to me and you said them before, I, at one point in time when I was a kid, envisioned the life that I'm living now from a DJ perspective. I envisioned all of this stuff and I created it through what the intentions that I set and the the manifestations and the visualizations I set. But then you also then start to realize that I also had a lot of focus, whether it be through thought or through language and the, the stuff you were saying to yourself or others, that a lot of the shit outcomes that have happened are also my responsibility. Oh, yeah. Because of what I was focusing on, I was getting more up. So when that happens, then it reaffirms this, this story you've told yourself. But unless you break that cycle, you're going to continue to get more of it. So whether it's like any of the problems that come up in your life, you can almost always trace it back to yourself in some respect. And I think that was that was a realisation that I saw in, I feel like you had. And after that day in particular, I was like, fuck, I reckon we're on here. Like you had, because you understood that it works both ways. Yeah. It's not just for positive manifestation or visualisation. It's like what you focus on, you get more of. And if you're constantly focused on shit you don't want to happen, then you can fucking almost bet that it's going to happen. Oh, it's so scary. Every time I accidentally think of something, I'm like, no, 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 no. like <laughs> re- reverse. Yeah. Right? And then I hopefully outdo it. But the seven laws of the seven spiritual laws. Of success. Of success. Yeah. That was a life changer. <laughs> also, the universe has your back. These are the books that Danny gave me to read. And straight away, I just got straight onto it. And um, when he talks about karma... That's a good one. Mm-hmm. It made me do more good. Yeah. And more good started happening, more opportunities for me to do good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even seeing that young kid Bodhi, he came into my life and I was like, i got to give it all, my all. Like this yeah. kid's so passionate as if I wouldn't anyway. But I feel like I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I wasn't having these positive thoughts. You weren't, didn't have the awareness around it. Yeah, the yeah. awareness and the opportunities. Maybe mm. I did have opportunities before, I just didn't see them. Like, yeah. how's this? I was on Chapel Street and there was this guy, he looked like a nice guy, said, had a sign saying, I need cash. Mm-hmm. I went up to him, it was out the front of 7-Eleven. I'm like, do you need cash or can I just get you something? Because I don't have cash, you know. I've only got my phone yeah. with my card on it. Yeah. Got FPOS. Like, <laughs> he's like, really 
normal dude, you know, not all drugged or anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I just need cash. I'm like, oh, well, can't even get cash out but I want you while I'm in 7-Eleven really visualize someone giving you some money. Sit there, close your eyes and I know this sounds weird. I'm like, but just pretend like it's happened. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and I walk in. I'm in there for like two minutes. I come out. I swear on my life. He goes, someone just gave me a fiver. <laughs> like, That's epic. I just lost it. I, was, I felt like I didn't feel like I did that. But but you've transferred that positive energy And he on, put it right? out there. Yeah. And, and that's... That's the way that I think about it and the way I talk about it with clients now as well. It's just like a boomerang, almost like a mirror. It right? is. When you look at someone who has a relatively, you know, what they feel is like a shitty life or things aren't going their way, you can almost guarantee that it's a mirror of how they have been as a person, right? And it's like when you're putting that positive energy out there like a boomerang, it's going to come back. But the, the focus is not on doing it so it comes back. No. You know, and that's, I think, I think something that you realised as well. I was saying to you the other week, I'm like, fuck, bro, you have to realise that by doing something that you're passionate about and that you're doing not for the purpose of wanting anything back, you're doing it because you love it and there's purpose around it. You've put out this music for so many years now that has brought, like, so much positivity to other people. Yeah. And when the focus goes on that, that's when you actually get to experience that coming back to you when you're at shows or when you're at the airport and you're seeing people who are fucking frothing the fact they got to meet you and take a photo. Yeah. It's so easy to just like brush over that and think, fuck, it's just, yeah. it is what it is. But it's like that, that person will fucking think and talk about that for, that's for so long to come. Yeah. I'm like, it's so easy for me to yeah. do good yeah. and make people's days. And I guess I do it vicariously through my music. Uh, I see every comment on my YouTube clips and they're just like, some of them go really deep and mm. I'm like, wow, they really understand me and they get so passionate about it, man. It's such positive energy around my music these days and I'm not doing it for the good karma. I'm doing it just because I love it mm-hmm. and the fact that people love it, it just, that's my reward. Yeah. And the reward of people you know, I see a lot of people saying it gets them over their anxiety or depression and they have an escape through me. I've had people say that they I saved their life. I don't even believe it. I'm like, that's huge. And if that's the impact I'm having on this world, I guess I, I have a pretty easy life, sometimes too easy if you ask me. Like I see some people struggling and I'm like, God, I, I feel like I should be struggling. You know, isn't that a weird feeling? Like I I'll think have, so, yeah. I'll have like a day where I just don't have to do anything and I do things for myself which is such a privilege and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for it. Uh, I just sometimes forget all the work I've done, all the music. To get it to this To point. get to here. Uh, and it doesn't stop either, right? It doesn't. And I do work really hard yeah. when I go away. I'm away nonstop and I'm performing. But like, you know, I could, I could have just played the same songs the last – 10 years, mm-hmm. people would catch on in the end. But like, yeah. I know some artists that just keep playing their same set because it's their music that's big and people want to hear their hits. It doesn't require any hard work. Dude, and they still get paid upwards of $100,000, $200,000 a set. Yeah. What do they need to do during the week? Yeah. They've already made their music. Mm-hmm. They've already made all their royalties. Yeah. And then they can just get booked and headline and play their songs that they've made. Like I'm always pushing the boundary. I'm always looking for that next sound. Mm-hmm. All my music, my main goal is for it to just be banging all the time and I'm passionate about yeah. it. As you can see, I'm just like, I'm not, there's no boring bits here. No. What's that old ad? A Cornetto. I'm like a Cornetto. <laughs> there's no boring bits. <laughs> That's gold. That is my yeah. main focus because I hear these albums or these songs and I'm like, you just copied and pasted the first and last drop. Do you know how easy it is to get creative with a sound? Like you've got one there, bang, you've got a banging sound. Bring a new one in and call and response it at the end. So it's like this mad quirk and everyone's like, whoa, it throws you off. Mm. Gets you dancing even more. Like, And then you, I feel like I was one of the first people to blend, how do I say it, like a lot of different genres together. But I feel like you've created a genre. I, I genuinely feel like that. Mm, yeah. I don't know how you, think always, it, how you feel about it. But I feel, 
I feel like, yeah, and um, obviously there would have been influence and whatnot, but I feel like you were the first person to push into the genre of music that has now become <laughs> the bigger the and techno norm stuff. And the, yeah, and the big stuff. Yeah, the big techno stuff I think was a COVID project and I had a lot of people say that I was the first to do it. I have inspiration from everything I've done, right? And I always, I never carbon copy it but I take inspiration from different people and then I put it in my own thing, in my own sound. Like I can sit there and, and actually not have inspiration. Like mm-hmm. my main thing is pretending I'm on in the middle of, I always remember me in the middle of a festival at Creamfields in 2010 and I was in the middle of the festival and I still remember being there. And I always go back to my young self thinking, what would I want my ears to be blessed with? And I honestly come up with it in my head. The sounds, mm-hmm. the way it makes me feel. It's almost like I'm creating it uh, through the thoughts and yeah. the genes. The, what is it? Wave. Firing and wiring. Fire and wiring. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a good song. Anyway. Just to quickly reiterate on that just before you keep going. The f- whole firing and wiring thing is very simple. And you did mention it before. It's like the only way to turn a thought into reality is if there's an emotion attached to it. Because I can just think over and over again, I want a million bucks, I want a million bucks, I want a million bucks. But if there's no alignment from me and there's also no attachment to actually having a million bucks, I can say that shit as much as I want, but there's nothing attached to it. When you have the emotion attached to it, then it's not so much all always about thinking of the million bucks. It's just the feeling of what it would be like to have it. And when you can feel that now, that's when all of a sudden it starts to show itself. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as you can see, I can't, if I just wanted to make it, I know a lot of people that have gone, I want to make a sick song. I want to have the benefits <laughs> of making a sick song. No, like look at how I talk about it. I'm like almost aggressive about it. Yeah. I love it so, so passionate much. about it. Yeah. yeah. And I needed it. I needed to have it because it the make, like I used to sit in the perfect spot in the club where the subs were hitting, right? Mm-hmm. So I could feel every part of it and I'm just yeah. like, and my mates were over in the corner like with their beers like, yeah, sick. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing there? Come over to the where the subbies are hitting. Mm. No, nah, they didn't give a shit. I was like, wow, I'm different. Different, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but back to like the album stuff, I wanted to make an album that had no boring songs in it. And just, just I'll quickly interrupt. Obviously yeah. your new album, Accepted Concept, yeah. is wild and I... I fucking absolutely love it. And um, I was super fortunate and very grateful that you sent me a link before it came out. And I listened to it a bunch of times, um, which is incredible. And I I want, you know, um, while we're chatting at some point, I want you to quickly run through as well, like what you've been talking to me about the behind the scenes of the album stuff. Because I feel like the audience would actually really benefit from understanding your perspective on it in terms of like the creation of songs, when they're released, how that all kind of works. Because I feel like that's something that we've talked about a bunch of times which obviously not many people would fucking know, but um, yeah, sorry to cut you off there. No, that's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have a link to the, to, the, um, to the album in the show notes too for all platforms. Um, go and stream it. It's fucking unreal. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, about the no boring bits thing. I'm like, why does everyone just put these like fillers in just to make it look like they've got a million songs? It's like when you go to a yeah. restaurant, there's too much stuff on the menu. It's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know what to pick. <laughs> yeah. I'm bored now. Yeah. Next restaurant. You know? Yeah. So I feel like I accomplished that. Another thing that I did differently. I'm always trying to be different. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get noticed or that's how you become unique. And I'm not the biggest. I'm not the most highly paid. Uh, but I feel like I've got a really niche uh, audience mm-hmm. and they're very loyal. Super loyal, yeah. Like they get it. It's awesome. So I appreciate everyone out there that are listening to this. If you are, you probably are one of them. So, but if not, welcome. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think that's incredible. And, and I just said to you the other day about even like um, how I felt about it before I had ever met you, I was the biggest fucking fan well, of yeah. your music. The biggest fucking fan. And like coming to watch that. you perform live and stuff was like, the greatest. Like it was the best fucking feeling. I absolutely loved it. Would go out of my way to try and come and watch you perform live. And then, yeah, just like a bit of a manifestation full circle moment now becoming such close mates and, yeah. and you know, getting to 
experience your music still. But you hit the nail on the head. I feel like your fans are just diehard fucking fans yeah. of your of your music and your performances, which is something that I feel like everyone always says, right? There's a huge difference between playing a bang of song on the speakers and standing there and just press, you know, doing some shit on the decks yeah. and actually put it on a performance, which is something that you do exceptionally well. So, the fe- yeah, the feedback that I get from everyone who comes to your shows and the biggest point of difference aside from like not even including the music itself is the performance and the passion that clearly comes out from when you are performing, yeah. right? Because there's a huge difference between listening to someone play a banger on speakers and stand there and just play their music and let everyone, you know, react the way that they're going to react. But when you're playing your songs, you get the passion that you have for the music and the stuff that you have created yourself really fucking comes through and it comes through in the performance and it's just a, it's just such an all-round experience. I feel like come, that's that's probably the best word for it. Wow. Going to one of your shows is an experience and you can't say that about a lot of artists. Yeah, wow. I've never thought about that. Honestly, I was just thought I was that person that got into it. But really I'm so into it is because I'm so passionate about the things I make. Mm. So a lot of people ask me what music do you listen to and I'm like honestly none but sometimes I listen to my own because it's like I made every part of it. And if you think your music's that good, why would you not want to listen to it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I because I because that's why I started making music in the first place is because I couldn't get my hands on anyone's tunes. Like everyone's yeah. was it was all so exclusive and you couldn't download links and I was mm-hmm. like, stuff this. And in fact, I've got my own ideas. Yeah. I'm make it better. Mm. I genuinely believed it. And like, yeah, it's really interesting you you talked about me. And the performance side because I really pride myself in the performance. But in recent times I think I'm getting not less and less but I've had a few setbacks, you know. I broke my leg, mm-hmm. couldn't perform as well, um, cut my hair. That was like a big part of my performance, you know. But again, it comes back to what we started the podcast with. You're putting a, a feeling or an outcome on a circumstance. It's but like people – on yeah, and you haven't now. No. Yeah, but you were at that point saying, you know, whether it's the hair or whether it's whatever it is, it's like, oh, well, they're only going to feel this if I do this or if they got this. Yeah. But again, that's just not the case. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I manifested a, a bad thing and it was – I was playing the same sort of structured set for a couple months mm-hmm. and I never, never do that but I was just in a bit of a – I wasn't really getting anywhere with much. Mm-hmm. I had no drive to change it up. Mm-hmm. It was all structured, I, not like pre-recorded, but I had a, my first five songs were like the same for months. Mm-hmm. And all the visuals and everything and the lighting, it's all on point with each song. I'm still mixing it though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'd, I'd be like, Vinny, like, you reckon like they're gonna realize that I played this same sort of intro last time I was here two months ago? <laughs> He's like, nah, bro. No one, like, no one really looks into that shit. Just play your stuff, and if you need to switch it up, bring some old tracks in. Like Vinny's like my guy. He's mm. my hype guy. Legend. Yeah, and I was like, nah, it should be fine. And then I saw a story, and it was like <laughs> same set as two months ago. But it was still <laughs> good. I was like, fuck. Spoke it into existence, I yeah. Failed that, <laughs> and from there on, I was like, "Nah, I'm I'm good. I'm always making new stuff, and mm. always changing it up." So I I let it go, and ever since I've been able to change it up more. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, fucking oath. Are you able to just give us some insight into what the process into making the song and what that looks like from from when it's made to when typically it gets released? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew you were talking about that before. So I'll make a song. Uh, do you want me to talk about how it's created? Yeah, we'd love to. And I don't know if this is something that's already finished up or something that you're pushing at the moment or whatever, but if you want to chat about the fact that you're creating some stuff for, you know, potential DJs or people interested that that are keen to learn themselves through oh, your yeah. knowledge as well, which I think is fucking cool. Um, that would be cool. Oh, man, it's so cool. But, yeah. Okay. Feel free uh, to go. So, basically, I use Ableton and I'm quite... I'm more of a simple producer. There's not. I mean, I say that other people probably wouldn't. Uh, but music is so subjective. It's just. It's about what you want to put together, and if it works right, then you have to sound design. You know, through synthesizers and 
different plugins and then you have to boost everything up with effects and mm-hmm. a, in, like tools to make your sounds thick and, uh, you know, bright. But it really is down to the creativity and how you fill your song up, the progression of it, the story of it. And I usually start with like, you know, you got to get your kick and bass right and then you can go on to like the simpler stuff like the percussions, the effects and then the build-ups and then you got to come up with a, a melody or a, a chord progression. But it can just be so random. You'll be going through sounds, some presets, you'll try to manipulate a few things, you'll find this sound quirk, you'll be like, oh, how's that going to work and play with it? Like if there is no right way to produce a song, there's no wrong way either. Mm-hmm. It just has to be tasteful and yeah. in the end sick. Mm. Make sick music. Like yeah. that's it. Um, it's easier said than done. But anyway, once I've finished the song and I'm stoked with it, it just really depends on my release schedule because if you re- if you produce music quite frequently like me, you have a bank that just gets built up and you keep throwing them in the bank mm-hmm. and they just trickle out. So the one that you last gave them years ago is now coming out today. Yeah, and right. so yeah. the next one is four weeks later. Yeah. So I'm trying to like space them out a bit. Yeah. But recently I was quite lucky. I made a song and I was like, let's just put it out <laughs> like the next week. Yeah. And they were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and it went so good. And I feel like if I only I did that with so many of my records, like this song I've got called Young and Free, it's one of my favourite songs I've done. It's with a huge Bollywood star, Priyanka Chopra. If that came out when I made it six years before, it came out six years later, man. That's unbelievable. It's so ahead it? of its time. And that goes for a few of my songs that came out super late, but it's just what it is. And at the start of my career, I used to really struggle with waiting for things to come out because I got this – once I started releasing music at the start, I used to get this mad dopamine hit like – yeah. Everyone's hearing my song that I've created. Yeah. Holy shit. Because I used to get like all these hits on SoundCloud. And yeah. I'd wake up every day. I remember like looking at my Facebook and I've got all these new followers. I'm like, oh, this is insane. Yeah, I used yeah. to froth it. But now I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've made it. It's on. I'll play it in a set. People are sort of hearing it because there's phones everywhere. I'm mm. reposting and this, that. Yeah. It's all just so oversaturated. With uh, I feel sorry for the kids these days, man, because it's music's so accessible. Once someone makes something, they play it in a set. We've got full quality of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it really that uh, they get excited for like thirty seconds and they're like, "Where's the next thing?" Yeah. I used to go nuts over a song for months, waiting for it to come out because mm-hmm. I couldn't find one good quality. Yeah. Uh, audio file of it. I used to go to the clubs and stand out the front. Trying to hear that song. That's awesome. It's like a, I was like a junkie looking for <laughs> yeah. my hit music fix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember sitting out the front of Tramp at like six a.m. in the morning. I was underage and I'd just sit there by myself. Uh, I catch the Night Rider in. Yeah. Sneak out. Catch the Night Rider in and then sit by the vents of Tramp because it's underground. I'd sit by the vents and just listen to Joel play. And or Heath That's and, crazy. and Stevie and then Callus and sit there all morning. I wouldn't have slept. And um, yeah, just sitting like on the sidewalk, just like listening for that track that I haven't heard before. And when I'd hear one I hadn't heard, lose my mind. And I didn't even have a phone or anything to like record it because phones weren't recording back then. You just wanted to hear it. Yeah. And that was just such a an amazing feeling because it wasn't just given to you as spoon like you know drip fed mm. so much delayed gratification that's it yeah i feel like we don't experience that enough these days yeah that's wild man and so again um feel free not to chat about it if it's not ready know. or you want to chat about it but the um you've been putting some work into you know potentially putting together some like i guess you call it educational like school type stuff for, for people wanting to learn how to create their own music as well yeah, I think that's my next thing, teaching. Mm-hmm. I used to teach kids how to produce back in the day before I was even touring around Melbourne mm-hmm. 
and I got so much joy out of it just watching their faces light up from working out how to do something. Mm-hmm. I remember that feeling too. I was, it was the best time of my life working out how to make sounds. Couldn't believe it. I, I could now make my own stuff. Yeah. How cool is that? So if I can teach millions of people how to do that, I'll be so, it would be so rewarding. It's not about the money, it never is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if it lets me keep my feet on the ground, I love playing my shows around the world and seeing the world, but I want to have a family one day. Yeah. You know, I want to sit on my farm and just teach from there. Yeah. You know, online, I'll do seminars online. It'll get to that point where we'll be able to do holograms. I'll be standing in my living room and I'll have yeah. a thousand people in front of me. Yeah. Like that's where we're headed. Mm. Uh, I've worked on a sample pack, so I created a bunch of sounds to put on and put out there. All my personal kick drums, basses, mm-hmm. it's just your one-stop shop. Even I've started using my own sample pack that isn't released yet. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, I need a clap or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I made that clap for the sample pack. Bang. <laughs> so easy. Just drag and drop. That's awesome, man. Well, whenever that eventuates to be kind of available to people, we'll make sure that the link to that is... Um, in the show notes for people who want to give it a crack. But I reckon that would be just wild. It would be a new experience or a new level of like satisfaction for you, I think. Yeah. Um, and fuck, man, the amount of people that are passionate about pursuing a career and that to even have access to that, which as you said before, you, you never had access to that style or that um, those type of tools. No so tools. For, for a kid who listens to your stuff or who has an interest in becoming their own, creating their own uh, career in the industry, to be able to have access to that will be wild nuts and they'll progress so much quicker than we did that's awesome man. Uh, especially if, if they've got the knack that's what i call it the knack if you've got that little weird quirkiness about you and you can put things in ways that no one else would that's when you can paint the picture and make a really unique song which will gain eyes mm. if that's what you want yeah or ch- and change lives well man i feel like you have 100 percent changed a fuckload of lives, dude. Um, and, yeah, I've been just thoroughly enjoying getting to spend a bit more time together again lately and um, see how much um, you're changing as a person. And I can only – I can guarantee that's just going to continue to lead to even better music and, and more success and more happiness for you and um, and for everyone who gets to hear your stuff. So I appreciate you coming in today, man. Um, absolutely love the chat. As I said, been fortunate enough to be chatting with you most days lately, which – I look forward to every day. So I'm sure that the listeners will love a completely different perspective or a different bit of insight. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your podcast once that gets up and running because I feel like, again, you'll just give some insight to people that you just never get. Um, and it'll be a good way for artists to be able to get vulnerable and share their story, which will help people as well. Yeah, that's my goal. And I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you so much for everything you've done for me. And I just... I just hope that this talk has, you know, opened up some eyes on what you can do to better yourself even if you're in a position where you think there's no way out. There is always. Appreciate you, man, Thanks, and appreciate mate. everyone who's tuned in. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode and and um, I would love for you to share it with a friend, whether you send them the link or take a screenshot, share it on your social media, um, tag myself, tag Will. As you heard before, he loves getting feedback from uh, fans in the audience and whatnot. So um, we appreciate you tuning in and I'm looking forward to chatting to you again in the next episode.